And welcome to episode 39 of the Retrospectors podcast. My name is Patrick Arthur and I'm joined as always by my co-host James Turlings. James, aren't you glad that we've moved past episode 38 Lunar Silver Star story, the JRPG, <laughs> onto something that is not a JRPG? Because I know that I've come into this fortnight feeling like a new man now that I've put that episode behind us. I think our roles are going to be reversed this episode, Patrick. Uh, I don't know what you've done to me but or why you've done this to me, but uh, I guess we'll find that out. It's funny because um, without going too deep into spoilers, it's not that I think that this uh, week's game is brilliant or anything. It's just it's not a JRPG. And at the moment, after I went through, that elevates it beyond, far beyond (laughs) how I'd normally regard this game. This fortnight, we are covering Hitman Codename 47, which is the very first entry in the Hitman franchise. It's a third-person action stealth game that was first released for Windows in the year 2000 by IO Interactive. Hitman nowadays is a massive franchise uh, with the rebooted Hitman 2, which is a prequel that was released in 2018, being the most recent entry. And that has kind of like a live model So there's been content constantly released, uh, even as recently as this year, I believe. And um, the sequel to that is coming in 2021. So it's a franchise that has a lot of history behind it. And we've gone right back to the beginning. Um, Before we introduce the game, uh, just a little bit about who we are and what we do. We are the Retrospectors podcast. Each and every fortnight, James and I play through a classic game of the past to determine if it is a true classic that's worth playing today. We're not really interested in the historical context in which these games were released. We simply want to know if these games are true classics like the many classic movies and books that exist throughout history. As a, as a result, we tend to judge them fairly harshly, but it does mean that when we do think it's worth playing, that it is a true classic and we think it's worth your time today. So we played Hitman. Uh, we, we just bought it on Steam. But before we get into the discussion, I think that it's necessary for us to discuss how we fixed it up because playing it purely vanilla is not recommended. Uh, someone on Reddit recommended a couple of links to me which we'll include in the show notes if you'd like to check out hitman um substantively the two major changes are a widescreen fix and i also installed a uh a what's it called james how far you can see draw distance patrick i think you should know this draw distance yeah (laughs) i I kept wanting to say field of view because hitman (laughs) features a very interesting field of view but i i uh, a draw distance mod there's also options if you if you want to install a cheat engine i didn't go quite to these lengths you can fix the atrocious field of view but but i didn't do that um, so you you, uh, you were telling me earlier that you didn't actually install the draw distance mod. Was there any reason for that, James? Um, sheer laziness, mostly, and I also <laughs> uh, a bit more more importantly, kind of wanted to have both opinions on the show this week. Um, <clears> so <throat> as somebody who did not install the draw distance fix, I would highly recommend you avoid my idiocy and install that <laughs> fucking mod. Um, it. Uh, fixes up the game a massive amount from my in my opinion i think uh i think the level of draw distance in this game is shockingly low um even for something that came out in the year 2000 you basically get shot out of your 
yeah. out of yeah. view or or right at the very edge where you can just see a vague blur, which is basically unacceptable. It's, it's super awkward. Um, I also wanted to note that even though I was able to have get a widescreen resolution working, the UI elements weren't scaled up because I went for the simpler fix. I think there is also a specific fix that fixes that up. Uh, but I, once again, like James, was lazy and settled on the first widescreen fix I could find. Apart from that, uh, I experienced a couple of crashes, but other than that, it, it worked pretty well. I had two crashes in my you know 10 to 15 hour playtime. I had two as well. Yeah, generally speaking, the game is fairly stable. Unfortunately, when you're talking about games of this age, expecting it to not crash once is... Uh, <laughs> is is insanity so you know two two crashes for a game release in 2000 is uh is pretty damn good so james unless there's anything else would you like to jump right into it yeah let's do that did you want to give us a brief overview over the general gameplay and story of hitman yeah of course so the the story opens up with you um restrained on a bed and you seem to be wearing medical clothes you wake up and a mysterious doctor uh, starts speaking to you on a radio or a walkie-talkie, and he guides you through uh, what is the tutorial, but what's stylized as your training. Like he's your mentor and he's put, putting you through the steps. Um, you seem to be in some hospital as you emerge from the end. You murder a doctor or you know a nurse and escape the hospital. And then a year later, you're somehow an assassin for a group called the International Contract Agency, which just seems to be an agency that, you know, hires hitmen and those hitmen go and murder people for, you know, a lot of dosh. Um, you continue to murder people. And as you go on missions, the missions start to appear linked, uh, start to appear related to one another. And the plot essentially thickens. And that story is delivered to you through... Um, little bits of text and uh, the occasional cutscene. Uh, the gameplay of Hitman is a combination of stealth and action. Uh, it's similar to the Thief Undercover mission, where initially you're not going to be in dangerous environments because you're just a civilian walking around. And you're tasked with eventually killing someone in the mission most of the time. There's a couple of missions that don't have you assassinating people. So you kind of walk around the environment, identify the, uh, I guess, unsafe zones uh, that you can't get into, try and figure out ways to get in there, often by stealing people's identities, sneaking around, murdering people, gaining information to eventually safely assassinate whoever you're tasked with assassinating before escaping the environment. Yeah. Um, I think um, I think the most interesting point for us to kind of kick off the discussion for this is kind of the level progression, I suppose, because I think compared to a lot of the later Hitman games, which are, you know, fairly sandboxy and allow you to approach your assassination targets in a variety of different ways, Hitman 1 is a mostly linear puzzle game in a sense where the solution to every mission is basically going to be the same for almost everyone who plays the game. And, you know, for, if you were to go into a mission with perfect knowledge of the game, it would only take you about five to ten minutes to finish, you know, a level in total. Whereas actually how it usually plays out is kind of in what I came to think of as in these three phases, which was kind of like you spend, you know, the first five to ten minutes of a mission kind of like walking around and, you know, figuring out where things are and what you can interact with throughout the game world. And, you know, the second phase is then figuring out how to use this information 
in order to, you know, put it together in the right order to solve the assassination puzzle. And then, you know, once you've figured out the puzzle, you kind of move on to this third phase, which is execution. Something that really makes Hitman different from a lot of, uh, like, the later titles is that it has absolutely no checkpointing throughout the game. So if you do make a mistake, you have to begin the mission from the very beginning. So there's a lot of, a lot of trial and error involved in trying to kind of solve these puzzles. Patrick, um, how did you feel about this? So the first point I want to identify before we start talking about quick saving is that I think that there is a lot of difference in the quality and like depth of certain levels compared to others. Yeah. Like I think that there are two levels in particular that stand out, the Lee Hong assassination and the the hotel level, yeah, which are really good examples of the gameplay you're describing. But there are a lot of levels in here which feel like they lack substance either yep. because you end up just killing a lot of people to get through or they're just incredibly short and they revolve around a single gimmick that you'd think would just be incorporated into one of the other levels. So I just want to start off by saying... I want to I want to talk about Hitman I guess at its best at its most expansive with this discussion because I have a lot of criticisms of many of the levels in this game. So is it okay if we I guess zoom in on those two levels in particular to discuss that as a framework even though they're not representative of the whole game? Yeah, sure. I I also agree with you and that the I think the quality of the levels in this game is highly varied from, you know, mm. pretty good to downright atrocious. Um, and these two that you've highlighted were also my favorite in the game by far. So let's let's do the hotel level. I think that's probably the best level in the game. So it starts off with you at the entrance of the hotel with um, a couple of guards, metal detectors. And I was really weirded out by this because you can select your loadout at the start of every mission, which yes. we'll get into later. But if you select any guns at the start, then you can't actually get into the hotel without triggering the guards. Yeah. Un unless there's something I'm missing because there's no back. No, like, no, no. There's that's even entirely a... intended, definitely. There's a back entrance of the hotel that, and it doesn't let you walk on the street to go through the kitchens or anything. I tried to do... Um, Basically, uh, you can thing. only take in the um, the garret wire, um, which yeah, you know, is just a piece of metal. string. Yeah. You can take that in with you. I tried a couple of gimmicky things like dropping my guns on the ground and then picking them up from the other side. And, <laughs> and it worked, but it alerted the guards every time, which kind of sucked. <laughs> I thought I was being clever. But yeah, I mean, all of a sudden it's kind of odd. And like you said, your your objective is to you know kill a person and uh, take a bomb that that person is planning to used to, you know, blow up the UN yeah, or something. Yeah, so your objective in the hotel mission is essentially there is, you know, a weapons dealer, you know, who's staying at the hotel and he has access to a bomb and you need to both take him out and also get the bomb out of the hotel safely without being seen. So you kind of start off outside the hotel with nothing other than this little wire in your pocket um, mm -hmm. and you go into the hotel and you start to look around. It's a three-story building um, with many rooms inside it and you know you, you do spend the first 10 to 15 minutes of you know your playthrough of this level just looking around and trying to piece together um you know what you have available to you there are metal detectors throughout the complex however if you're sly enough and you should be um you'll be able to figure out uh, a number of paths throughout the whole building that allow you to bypass these so 
if you mm-hmm. if you're able to acquire a weapon, um, then you, you know you're rewarded by being able to carry it without being found. Um, this is probably my favorite level in the game, just because it kind of has this level of detail in it that the others don't. For example, um, throughout the level, there are these kind of bus boys who are going around and putting fresh towels in each room. And um, in order to do this, they've got this little master key on them that they use to open each door. And you can definitely, you know, just wait outside a few rooms for a bus boy to come and change the towels. And, you know, he's a, he's a, bit, he's a, young, he's a naive young lad and he leaves the key. <laughs> he leaves the key in the door, which you can just uh, happily take with you. And there's all sorts of little stuff like this throughout the hotel level, which really makes it kind of stand out for me compared to the rest. It's even got the nice feature of there are do not disturb signs. So yeah. you can have one room as your murder room, which is what I did, where I had about, you know, three or four bodies stashed away with a do not disturb sign outside. Um, what what I quite liked about this mission was that there was a logical and easily identifiable progression yes. to the mission. Um, it was very clear from the clues what you actually had to do at any one given point. Uh, once you've killed the terrorist, he has a card on him for the dentist. So naturally you go to the dentist and you find the bomb, which is behind a, uh, you know, it's locked in an x-ray machine. But the uh, the dentist in question isn't there. So you speak to the secretary and she tells you where the dentist is. And it feels very like you're not, like we say there's a degree of trial and error and that a little bit of that is okay, you know, exploring, investigating, and trying. But you could theoretically, if you're careful enough, get through this mission on your first try if you're patient yes. and were able to execute each step correctly without getting super lost or confused as long as you were paying attention. Yep. It reminded me of um, of the of Thief that we played, where Thief most of the time was able to give you these contextual clues to guide you in certain directions, even to fairly hidden treasures. And I think that this mission did a really good job of pushing you along the right path without it feeling um, too too narrow. Yeah, I my biggest criticism of this game um, is kind of, I think that when Hitman is at its most fun is the beginning of each level when you're trying to figure out what you have available to you but what you can use it for and how basically when you're trying to put the puzzle pieces together and find the puzzle pieces once you've kind of mm. once you've got the puzzle and you've assembled it in your mind the game then kind of asks you to you know you've formulated this perfect plan from start to finish which will let you assassinate your target and then get out of there quick without being seen and then the game kind of demands that you execute this plan perfectly and if you fuck it up you're doing the whole thing again from the start until you get it right Um, and I found that many times through the game I figured out this perfect plan within you know the first 10 minutes of getting to a level and then you know beat the game like 40 minutes later uh, after being you know really unable to actually follow through on doing my task this is kind of exacerbated by the fact that this is a slow methodical stealth game so when you kind of you know you're forced to replay these sections that you know you're taking out 15 different patrolling guards very slowly and methodically and if you have to do that like dozens and dozens of times before you can get to the bit that you're actually struggling with it becomes very tedious and repetitive very quickly um, from my experience did you did you find that happen to you as well I, I completely agree so 
you and I, particularly when we were playing Thief, but it's an issue that's come up a lot on the show over many episodes, is this problem we identified with quick saving. That these stealth games with quick saving, you're really incentivized to quick save constantly, to save scum your way through these missions. The alternative presented here that has no quick saving or mid-mission saving at all is far, far worse because executing is so clunky and unreliable. The other problem is that when you do alert a lot of people in Hitman, it's not like in, in Metal Gear Solid Five. if you fuck up and you um, alert a base, the gameplay of being like, oh shit, I've alerted the base and being forced to fight your way out in a dynamic way is really entertaining and engaging yeah. and a viable yeah. way to get through. In Hitman, if you fuck up, it's either impossible or it's just incredibly unenjoyable and clunky and not fun. Can we go over this clunkiness, for example? Because yes. this this game is probably the jankiest game we've played on the show, right? Uh, uh, in particular, we've played a lot of jank, I think but it's definitely we've janky. played a lot of jank, but it's definitely up there. Yeah. Um, in particular, the guns I found to be super unreliable. Like so many times, I failed a mission because I was standing perfectly still and had a gun's crosshair aimed up on a head like a meter away, and it just shot in a completely different direction. It felt yeah. almost random where guns would shoot sometimes and it really takes the execution out of the player's control to a degree and i really hate that so so the way the shooting works is that guns have random spread but there's no recoil like there's zero recoil on any gun you just kind of hold down the trigger and the bullets will go you know in a circle around the target with some actually going towards the head um (laughs) as i was playing this game all i could think was how is this game's third-person shooting so shit when Max Payne, it's so bad. when Max Payne, which was a third-person shooter that came out a year later, is so much better? Like I'm not yeah. even normally into third-person shooters, and Max Payne compared to modern takes on it, like Uncharted or whatever, is obviously a lot more primitive. But when you play Max Payne and you're shooting guns, the sound effects and the feel of the guns just feels good. Like it's it's an enjoyable, fun shooting experience. Anytime you use a gun in this game, it feels like you're being punished because it's so unsatisfying and crap. It's so bad. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, um, it feels like you're playing Counter-Strike and you've been holding the shoot button down for like three seconds, but... You know, your level of accuracy is that all the time. I just, I don't like it. Um, I basically tried to avoid using guns whenever possible because of that. And maybe that's intentional. Maybe the game wants to encourage you using, you know, the knife and the garret wire as much as you can. You know, it is a stealth game, but uh, it was really frustrating. I I found that a lot of my fuck-ups were because of this. It's also worth noting that even using the knife and the garrote is clunky. Compared to something like thieves uh blackjacking someone in the back or even you know other stealth games you know choking someone out from behind or whatever you kind of have to be the right distance from them and walking at them and aiming at head height i think i never quite figured it out but um you know it, it was just awful there were so many times i'd walk up to someone and instead of grabbing them and slitting their throat i'd kind of start stabbing at their back which would alert them and they'd alert other guys. I'd be like, well, guess I'm starting this machine again. I didn't have the problem with the knife that you did. Granted, I did spend like 
five to ten minutes trying to get it to work on the first level but once I had you know played with it for a bit I was able to use it very consistently after. I actually think the knife animation for stabbing people in the back uh, or slitting their throats rather is very fluid and really snappy and I actually have no idea why the Garrett Wire even exists because its animation is like ten times as long and it even costs more to take on a mission. Let's um let's talk a little bit about the uh about the inter in, intermission thing where you select your inventory. Uh, why is there a price on anything? I don't know. I, I could <laughs> yeah, pretty I much afford every <laughs> single item if I wanted to on every single mission. I don't know if you had any money troubles. Yeah, you get given money at the start and end of every mission as a reward. And, you know, if you do a mission badly or, like, you kill too many civilians, it docks your paycheck pretty heftily. But I was swimming with cash. Like, I had yep. hundreds of thousands of dollars and guns cost, like, 250 bucks or something. <laughs> You know, when you restart the game, it take like when you restart a level, it takes money off you, like so you just keep losing money. But I restarted every level dozens and dozens of times and still had buckets of cash to spare. I um I really like the idea of reading a bunch of intel and then selecting the right tools for the job before you go into the mission. Mm. And that's kind of what this game is trying to have you do, because it does present you, you know, the information about your target the map of the level and some little you know random details that are supposed to influence your weapon choices but it really never lives up to its like uh, its potential here and i always just kind of like took a silenced weapon yeah and you know if there was a, a, a knife and nothing else really you know i always found weapons in the level um, and I was mostly using the knife to take people out anyway. So I found this aspect of the game really disappointing. It's just completely unnecessary. Like you said, silence pistol, silence SMG when it's available. Um, yeah. Kevlar, a knife in your set. All the other guns are unnecessary, except on um, on the jungle missions where I grabbed a machine gun. Before we get into that half of the game, I just wanted to highlight, I guess, the thing that makes hitman enjoyable for me um in addition to the puzzle like aspect of it i think the idea of a stealth game where you're hiding in plain sight is a really enjoyable change of pace to something like dishonored or thief um there was that one mission in thief undercover where you were you know dressed up as a member of the um the order of yeah the and it was one of our box. favorite missions overall yeah, it, right? it was a really nice take and it's kind of it, it is cool being able to just walk around in, you know, if you make a wrong move, they'll identify you, but otherwise walk around enemy strongholds in plain sight and no one's able to identify you. So I did, I did enjoy that. Like, and that's because of the clothing mechanic, right? Yeah, the clothing one of the mechanic, things you can yeah. do is um, take people out and then you can steal their clothes and you can take all sorts of costumes from, you know, a chef's hat, to, you know, the, the classic red and black suit, you know, all sorts of kind of costumes. And it makes sense, um, you know, given the context. If you're trying to get into a, you know, a military compound, you take out one of the guards patrolling outside and you steal his clothes, hide the body somewhere safe and then, you know, you're good to go. Actually, can we talk about how shit hiding bodies is in this game? It is fucking... <laughs> dreadful <laughs> it really is you kind of um it's like ragdoll physics 101 so you kind of attach your hand to that body and very very slowly 
move them along. It doesn't have the features like hiding them in dumpsters at all. So you can't. You know, I in the first level, there are dumpsters everywhere. everywhere. <laughs> yeah, and one of the things I was trying to do was grab a body and I was like, I can't figure out how to put it in the dumpster. Yeah. Um, you know, until I realized that it didn't have that feature. What it actually has is these holes in the ground that you're supposed to drag the body into. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so, you know, in a game, you'd pick up the body and you'd throw it down the hole. Easy peasy. Not in Hitman. In Hitman, you ragdoll the body towards the hole and then you awkwardly jiggle your character back and forth. <laughs> Yeah, and then you let go and it doesn't fall down the hole. It gets stuck on the rim and you've got to pick it up again and move it. And then, oh, it's awful. It takes like 40 seconds to jiggle this stupid body into a hole. And if you don't do it properly, passers-by are going to see his foot that is miraculously sticking out of the, you know, the shitty little sewer grate. So, yeah, there's uh, no, um, no context-sensitive button. It's it's stupid. Uh, <laughs> I... It, and Hitman is filled to the brim with moments like this where things don't quite gel smoothly, like the clunkiness yeah. applies to everything. Uh, there was a moment, and this is more of a, a walkthrough moment, where I couldn't understand why I couldn't get into the VIP, sorry, into like the area where the prostitutes were in the yeah. uh, Li Hong mission because... Basically, you you awkwardly walk up to people and say, "Hey, I'm looking to get some action in in a in a similar way to that." And everyone will say, "Speak <laughs> to the bartender." And so you speak to the bartender. And he's like, "Yeah, check out the second floor." I'm like, "I can't get in there. What is going on?" Turns out you need to be in your original uniform in order to get the VIP pass. And the game does nothing to indicate to you that you need to be in your original <laughs> uniform. So I spent 30 minutes playing until I um until I looked up a walkthrough. And it's just it's just a stupid little thing that it's the sort of thing that play that playtesting would would pick up, I think. But yeah, the game feels like it's missing all of these links and it, it keeps keeps getting in your way there's also this issue of narrative dissonance that i kept running into over and over in the game where like the game's mechanics and what it would allow me to interact with kind of spoiled the puzzle in a number of ways so if we go back to the hotel level that we used as an example before um patrick's example had him walk into the building uh, assassinate the guy find the letter that directed you to the dentist's office mm -hmm. and then find the bomb in the dentist's office Office. What I did was I went into the hotel and then instead of going upstairs to the guest rooms, I went downstairs to the baths. And in the bath, there is a sauna where a suspiciously fat man is sitting and you go in there and you talk to him and he says... Oh, I've got a weak heart. I don't know if I can take this, you know, this warm sauna for much longer. <laughs> and immediately you can go outside and interact with this, like this, uh, this crank, which, you know, cranks up the temperature and causes him to have a heart attack. Um, so that's the first thing I did. You know, I had no idea why I was giving this fat guy a heart attack. Um, all I know is that he dropped a key to an x-ray room. I don't know why that was relevant. Um, but yeah, so I got into the x-ray room and was like, oh, the bomb's here. Cool. You know, it just completely broke the flow of the level. Um, like, I, I could interact with these things, and even though I had no, you know, narrative reason to be doing that, it just... And I found that happened all the fucking time, right? Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of stupid. Um, there's also when you... Um, 
when you rescue one of the prostitutes in probably the worst rescue operation I've seen. Oh my God. So you walk in, you walk into this room and you say, Hey, what's going on around here? And she says, I'm not like one of the other prostitutes. I want to live a normal life. And you're like, well, I'm trying to rob this guy. How about you tell me? And she's like, well, what about you rescue me? And then I'll tell you what the safe code is. Just a completely bizarre conversation. And then rescuing her consists of walking behind her as she escapes by herself. Yeah, you don't do anything. You don't, do anything. You don't even like clear the way of guards. You, she literally could have done this anytime. Done this herself anytime she wanted. And she's like, yeah. thank you so much. I'm like, what is this game that I'm playing? Yeah. And then she kisses you and your character has a very disturbed reaction. Yeah, it's um it's quite funny. So so here's the thing these these are the good missions what what we're describing all of our criticisms these clunky janky pieces of garbage which which have their highlights are the are the best parts of hitman but these are the best parts of hitman before we get into the um into the bad parts which i'm i'm gonna go into for quite some time uh what about we have a music break james yeah, sure. So actually, we're going to be criticizing this game a lot, I feel, based on her, based on your tone. Obviously, we, we, we don't talk to each other about this game beforehand, but I, I can't imagine that uh, you're going to be giving this one a free pass. Mm. But actually, I thought the music in this game was pretty decent. It was really atmospheric and, you know, fit every level pretty well. I think they did a good job. Yeah, um, so the, the track I chose is one of the first tracks in the game. It's the um, the Hong Kong themes. Uh, this one is uh, mainly synth music, and it's got some, you know, oriental percussion. Uh, it's it's well done. We'll, uh, we'll talk about it in a bit more detail, but I think this one did a really good job uh, suiting the atmosphere. So this one is Hong Kong themes. the hong kong theme and as you could tell it's pretty atmospheric pretty you know it like it's it's dark and brooding like much of the soundtrack mm-hmm. in hitman which you know really sets the tone for these uh you know low undercover missions that you're going on did you did you enjoy it overall patrick i did um so the main thing i want to hone in on in the music is as you said it's uh dark and brooding which helps suit the atmosphere but i wanted to say that i think it strikes the right balance between purely atmospheric music like we saw in Thief and something more orchestral. So so basically, in a game like Thief, when you're constantly sneaking around and you need to be listening to audio cues of patrolling footsteps and everything, you don't want 
loud music in the background. You just want something very subtle to help, you know, underpin the tension. If you're playing an action game like Max Payne or one of the, or, you know, even one of the the Sims we've done where you're getting in dogfights all the time, you want something a bit more energetic that's pumping you up as you're, you know, destroying enemy ships or killing enemy soldiers. Hitman's music hits the right balance in that it's atmospheric, but it still has uh, melodies and things like that. They're not traditional pieces of music, but they're, they're, uh, they're doing it a little bit, which is perfect because you're not in action scenes, but nor are you sneaking around undetected. It's right in the middle. You're walking around hostile tele- territories undercover with no one knowing your identity. So I think that the music suits the game perfectly. It hits exactly the right tone that it should. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, I think a lot of the tracks, you know, Hong Kong and the, the jungle theme in particular, have these big sweeping orchestral moments in the middle of them between the, you know, dark and foreboding atmospheric tone that they've got going on throughout the rest of them. The one criticism I do have is that oftentimes the songs end kind of abruptly. Yes. And it's very obvious when the loops begin, like it'll like fade out sharply and there'll be no music for a couple seconds and then it'll come roaring back in you know out of nowhere it's very abrupt very jarring and i you know it broke my immersion a lot of times throughout the game especially when you're repeating uh missions so often as good as the soundtrack is i did get a little sick of it you know an hour into the same level or so so you know it's not really the fault of the ost for that more on the game itself but you know overall i think they did a pretty good job yeah i think both of your criticisms are completely fair i the way you can you always know when the music loop is restarting and when you've yeah restarted a mission for the 12th time in a row you're like all right here we go again um (laughs) it's a sort of soundtrack that i could actually listen from start to finish i think independently of um of the game which i haven't said about an endless number of tracks but yeah i was very glad to hear the next track when i finally moved on to the next set of missions yeah so that's the music it's pretty damn good do recommend it uh do you want to talk about some of the garbage missions james uh let's do that i uh which one did you want to start with patrick so i kind of want to point out that this game Um, From what I am aware of the development of Hitman actually took a big drastic turn in the middle of its development. So apparently Hitman 1 was going to be a much more actiony focused game until uh, one of the uh, the people from Eidos, you know, who worked on Thief decided that, um, you know, was brought into the project and thought that the game would be better off being more slow and methodical. And because of this influence, you see very early on that the game goes from having these really small, focused missions to having these, like, large and sweeping, sprawling ones like uh, the ones we mentioned before. How did you feel about um, the differences between the really small and really large levels, Pat? Because I noticed immediately when it made this transition, it was very jarring. Yeah, well, at first, I thought it was just the game ramping up as a tutorial because the first couple of missions are very short. And I'm like, well, that's kind of okay. It wants to introduce these concepts in a, you know, in a, in a simpler fashion before you get, you know, the Lee Hong assassination. And I'm like, ah... So this is what the, all the missions are going to be like from now on. 
how wrong I was. (laughs) So I don't mind the first couple of missions. One has like a Godfather reference where you um where you can stash a gun in the bathroom to pick up later. So I saw what they were going for with that. But uh, after that, it it's a dramatic dip in quality. And I think the most notable one of these is the jungle missions, which oh are just fucking God. complete are garbage so for multiple reasons. Yeah. Yeah. So the jungle missions, the I, I want to just talk about the first two and then talk about the third one separately. Yeah. There, you basically run around the jungle with an M60 killing people unless you put up, put on a uniform, in which case you can run around you know, not killing people, except you need to kill people to rescue a guy at some point. There's basically no stealth elements at all. At all. To, to, yeah. to those missions. And you're and running... they're fucking huge. Yeah. They, 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 these missions are gigantic. The area is like four times bigger than any other mission in the game. And you spend the entire missions just running between checkpoints, essentially. And like, I kid you not, running from a couple of the... You know, just running on forward with the sprint button held. It takes a couple of minutes. You're just doing nothing other than waiting for yourself to you know finish running in a straight line uh this was particularly bad for me who didn't install the draw distance mm-hmm. mod because i could because um the draw distance is purposefully reduced in this level two um and you know you could see like five meters in front of you and i was basically bringing up the map every few seconds to make sure i was going in the right direction uh and even then you know you'd run for like 20 seconds and bring up the map and you'd barely moved across the damn thing thing it just you know just so much wasted time and if you failed it you have to do that all again you know you can't skip bits you have to go to each checkpoint in order it is fucking boring it's identical looking jungle just surrounded in fog yeah. the like 90 percent of the mission it's it's so weird that you've gone from like this you know very story booky sort of style assassination missions which have you you know fulfilling a specific set of tasks to kill the target in a particular way to running around a jungle with an m60 shooting at guards it's it's such a bizarre transition it's not playing to the game's strengths at all um it's not fun the game would be better if those missions weren't there the second mission in particular is weird for how short it is. It's like a minute long. <laughs> yeah, you, you get a pig, you put it on a idol for a jaguar to eat, and then you go and then you run past the jaguar mission over. Like that that counts as an entire mission. And I'm yeah, scratching it's like 40 my seconds head. if you do yeah. it as fast as possible. <laughs> yeah, in a way, although this game supposedly has 13 missions, it really has half that. And you can just combine a lot of these missions together. And even when you combine them together, they're often nowhere near as long as the as the bigger ones. It's it's weird. I, I do want to hone in on the third of those jungle missions, oh though, because f- yeah. I think that was the worst and the most painful. It is the most time-wasting mission. I, I, I don't understand, right? So you're tasked with infiltrating this drug smugglers, you know, kind of military complex. It's this big fortification surrounded by fencing. Um, and the game, for some fucking reason, spawns you on the side of the fencing with no entrance, and then forces you to run for like two to three minutes in a circle in order to get to that entrance every single time yep. you restart the mission. Uh, it, I, I don't fucking understand. This is absolutely atrocious. Who yep. the fuck 
decided to waste the player's time like this. Just spawn me in front of the fucking entrance so I can get on with my life, you know? I spent half my time in this mission just running around that fucking chain link fence, you know? It was just mind-numbingly boring. See, the thing is, there's not even, like, an alternate entry because I was like, oh, okay, so there's the front gate, but I'll probably, if I look carefully, there'll probably be a place for me to sneak through. Nope. Nope, just the one entrance. It's I don't understand. It's so I, bad. And the thing is, I failed this mission a lot because yeah. um, basically what you need to do is you go to – it's basically a um, a Scarface sort of situation where you've got a person snoking, you know, snorting cocaine on the top level of their, um, of their mansion. It's not really a mansion. It's more like, you know – a, a, a Queenslander house, house. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, there's guards all over the house and you can kill most of the guards silently because it tends to be one guard per room but at some point you do need to shoot your gun at one of the guards and that alerts every guard in all the towers around his house and when you start shooting him Every single time you hit him with a bullet, he gives you a voice line. Yeah, he gives you a cutscene. Yeah. It's like it's a like, cutscene voice line. It cuts to a cutscene yeah. where he's like, you're shooting me with that piddly gun. And he has like 15 voice lines as you're trying yeah. to kill him. <laughs> and reinforcements keep coming. Then he has once, a really powerful gun. Like he has a fucking minigun, right? Um, uh, just... He has a no. He has an M60. Uh, the minigun's yeah, sure. a lot more deadly. But yeah, once you've done killing him, you start getting shot at from these guard towers that I assume you couldn't even see with your low draw distance. <laughs> yeah, I and, could not. And um, then you exit, was... you keep getting shot by more people. It, it's just like this endless thing, running gun battle. I want to point out that after I finished the game, I looked up some walk like some tutorial some walkthroughs on YouTube to see how other people completed the missions because I was mm-hmm. I was pretty sure the missions were linear, but I wanted to double check. Um mm-hmm. the person that I watched do this mission, as soon as the guy gets off as his desk, he sprints behind him and executes him with the knife. <laughs> <laughs> Which doesn't alert anybody because he didn't have time to shoot. Uh, um, that's quite funny. That's that, yeah. that it, it's not the sort of thing that jumps to mind when there's the person, you know, holding yeah, a gun. He, he kind of knows you're there, but yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. I, I did it though. I actually found a way to execute every guard in the mansion without getting seen, um, only to you know ruin it all once I barged into his office. But I, I kind of agree. This is my least favorite mission in the game. I fucking hated it. Yeah, it, it's just like this repetitive slog fest. Okay, so. I want to go to my, what I think is the biggest problem with this game uh, now. So I think that there's a problem with having some missions be this problem-solving exercise and other missions be murdering sprees. And the key problem is, how do you as a player tell the difference between the two? And the answer is you can't. So when the game presents you with a problem, like how do I get past this checkpoint, you never know if the answer is murder the guards with your guns or come up with a creative solution to get past them. And well, because, it's up to you, right? Well, I, I feel like murdering people and alerting others to your location is not a fun way to play this game. 
So yeah. my instinct is to come up with this creative solution, you know, oh, I need to find this uniform or I haven't explored this level enough or I need to do X, Y, and Z. The problem is there are missions that do and scenarios which don't have a creative solution where you actually have to just kill the guards in front of you or kill the guards in a room in order to make any progress. So because of that, because the game doesn't have any vocabulary to tell you that there's a clever solution or doesn't provide you with a clever solution every time, it can waste a lot of your time as you try and think for a solution that doesn't exist. I, I, I disagree. I, I actually kind of liked how it was really up to you know, you to figure out what you had to do. Um, I strongly enjoyed the puzzle aspects of this game and then you know, everything after that, when it was come down to execution, I fucking hate it. Like, it completely undermines and ruins this game for me, which, you know, is like half kind of fun and then the other half, like, fucking miserable. There was this mission, and I think, you know, you're probably thinking about this one, um, where you're in Rotterdam in this harbour. And one of the things you have to do early is there is a gate with two guards standing out front of it who won't mm -hmm. let you pass um, no matter what you're wearing. And what I kind of figured out is I, this is kind of what you were talking about, right? Because I couldn't figure out how to get past these guards until I just gave up and shot them both in the head and then, you know, hid their bodies in the water. Um, I did watch a video, you know, when I was watching those, you know, walkthroughs on YouTube, if you actually stand behind the patrolling guards as they're going through the gate, you can actually go with them through the gate, um, which I wasn't smart enough to figure out. But there was, a, there was another solution there. Should you be smart enough to figure that out? I mean, when you think about it, it doesn't make any sense that you'd, just start, that you'd be walking with someone and the person you were walking with would just ignore ignore you or that the guards would say oh it's completely fine for you to sure. go through yeah, that's fair. so so the solution doesn't necessarily make a lot of sense but what i was actually thinking of was the previous mission um where you have to uh basically do the do the deal like give the person the briefcase full of money um yes. because i was forced to, i don't know how you did it but i was forced to kill everyone in that warehouse because they were shooting me on site did they did they shoot you on site? Yeah, they did. Okay. So what I thought was when when that happened to me, it's like, oh, I must not be wearing the right uniform, or there must be a way to do this <laughs> without shooting anyone on site. Because obviously the game wants me to do this deal posing as a member of this gang. It would be ludicrous for the game to expect me to kill the 10 people in this warehouse. There must be some way to keep my identity. But as far as I can tell, there isn't. And there's no way for me to know that because the game is bipolar on whether it wants you to kill everyone or follow these very linear mission that, I see what you're saying. I actually, yeah. in this case, I do agree with you. I think uh, that in particular was pretty hard to figure out and it did waste my time a bit trying to figure out what you know the solution was. Yeah. But there was no solution there. It was just I was supposed to shoot them all, but I had no idea I was supposed to do that. The game's at its best when you know, you, you're doing these undercover missions and you're trying to put these puzzle pieces together mm -hmm. and then... Everything past that garbage, honestly. So I think that the number one problem in this game is its lack of checkpoints. Um, and the, just the sheer amount of fucking repetition that you go through in each of these levels. Like, 
you know, five to ten minutes to finish it on a successful run, and it takes you like you know an hour, where like ninety percent of that time is just repeating stuff you've already done. Um, I was trying to think about how to do this, and I just wish this game had like Prince of Persia style time rewind or something <laughs> like that, so you could like experiment with the levels still without you know, because I was afraid to experiment half the time right yeah like, because you get punished so badly yeah you get punished so hard for fucking up that when you're near the end of the level you just are so cautious and you just there is no room for creativity here because if you you know if you try something that doesn't work out you're just giving up like 15 minutes of your life to slowly take out every patrolling guard again for the like 50th time honestly quick saving would have solved a lot of my problems even though we've gone into those problems before i still would love to see a stealth game like this use a safe room sort of system like you see in resident evil or whatever and i understand there would be challenges associated with that but um but i i think that a safe room system is the best because you want it the problem with checkpointing is that you want it to be able to dynamically unfold and i don't think checkpointing plus dynamics is the best mix but if there were specific places you could save in, it would be it would be much better. Yeah, I, I agree that you know hard checkpoints aren't really an option here because you'd get locked into these you know unwinnable scenarios. But you know Prince of Persia style time rewind that'd be the best. You know if you had you know a slowly recharging meter or something. But you know it doesn't have that obviously, and because of that, it's worse. But the sheer repetition sucks. I agree with you. The the game's incredible. Once you know what to do, you just actually have to do it, and it sucks. I wanted to talk about the story a little bit. We've alluded to it briefly, so uh, spoiler warning: we're going to be talking about the full full story. It's honestly not a big deal. I I don't think this is a <laughs> this is a big story game. I I got a question for you, Patrick. Is it supposed to be a plot twist that you're a clone? Like, is that not incredibly obvious from like the second you see your character with the barcode on the back of his head? Like, I just don't understand. I don't. Is this game supposed to have mystery elements? Because everything that happened, I saw coming like hours before it happened. I mean, I think that it's it's not really meant to be a deeply mysterious game. Uh, but it is meant to have that air of a conspiracy, if that makes sense. It, it's like to, intrigue, right? It's yeah, trying to it, build it, some it's kind meant of to build intrigue. And I think that you know you've got your shadowy cabal of figures. the The way the story unfolds is, you know, you you've joined this you know international contract agency and you start murdering people. It becomes apparent that all these people are linked. Every time you kill someone, you can read a note on that body, and often it's communicating to another the people that you uh, end up assassinating or you've already assassinated. And you eventually go back to the hospital that you escaped from in the in the at the start with one final mission to you know, kill to kill a doctor. And then, you know, surprise, surprise, uh, the guy who got you to kill everyone in the first place calls in multiple SWAT teams on you to take you out. But all you need to do is, you know, take on a uniform to avoid it. The um the number one thing I didn't understand about the story is um why does he send him to join the uh the assassination agency instead of just getting him to kill all those people independently i have no idea no idea so basically he's like all right i'm gonna let my super assassin out into the wild i'm gonna get him to join this top secret assassin agency 
and then I'm going to pay that agency to hopefully use that hitman to kill the people I want to kill. And all I could think was like, why don't you just skip all that crap, that complicated stuff, and just get the person who you're in control of to kill the people you want to kill? Like, why Why is there this big... And maybe there's something I'm missing, but it, that made zero sense to me. The entire set of the story made no sense. More importantly, can we get to the uh, the plot point that is the most nonsensical thing I've heard in my entire life? Yeah. I, when I heard this dialogue line, I was like in tears laughing from how stupid it was. So I had never played a Hitman game before, but I like I knew Agent 47 was a clone, mm. and I assumed that from his name... Agent 47 meant that he was the 47th clone. Mm -hmm. That's not the case, apparently. Apparently, he's called Agent 47 because the good doctor discovered the immense power of the 47th chromosome, uh, which he inserted into this character. Uh, apparently, you know, giving somebody an extra chromosome, uh, instead of giving them, you know, Down syndrome like it does in the real world, gives them the ability to be an incredible assassin. Like, obviously. I was in yeah, obviously. <laughs> yeah, obviously. science games. <laughs> obviously, you a very... don't understand it. Yeah, this is just a very inclusive game, right? Um, I, it's just so stupid. Like, honestly, I, the the way he speaks to regular human beings, you do wonder about his mental problems. It's like yeah. this very, very staggered, very eccentric. Yeah. Well, so yeah, so actually, um, let's talk about the voice acting quickly. For the most part, I think it's god awful. It's really uh, but bad. The, the the doctor, I actually quite enjoyed listening to his dialogue. For the most part, I just wish that um, he, you know, he only talks to you in two of the missions, the tutorial and the final level, and he's got a lot of dialogue, you know, and voiceover through an intercom in both of them. But whenever you like advance the level, he skips to the next voice line, like so you end up cutting off half of them it's really frustrating because mm -hmm. i did quite you know like listening to this deranged doctor as opposed to everybody else who sounded stiff or like really cheesy and uh, in unconvincing or you know racist because they were doing yeah, these too. awful accents and it's like sorry yeah i mean <laughs> i've kind of been exposed to plenty of this with these old games like the fake chinese accents are the worst deus ex actually does does this almost worse than any voice acting the the hong kong accents in deus ex are fucking horrific they weren't quite this bad there, but they were close <laughs> they were pretty close um i want to i want to talk about the final mission or the final you know last two missions which are kind of grouped up as as sure. you know a way to bookend the story discussion fucking weird missions <laughs> so you <Yeah>. go <laughs> you go to this mental you, you're in a mental asylum basically um you go up the stairs to uh to kill this final doctor and then the the your arch nemesis the doctor who cloned you calls up like SWAT teams like there are literally 15 troops that come with machine guns to kill you and i'm like what the hell is going on um, but if you put on the doctor's clothes, there's literally nothing happens. And then you have to figure out what to do because the front door's locked. But now instead of just leaving, you know, there's ways to leave, but you're now on a mission of revenge or something. And it's not 
really you, clear. It's, yeah. it's not really clear because you, your character never says anything to indicate that they want revenge. Like you're just carrying out what the agency does. I guess the fact that someone called the SWAT teams on you, you're like, well, I'm going to deal with this. And the way you go about this mission is bizarre. So you speak to the, there's two patients in the mental asylum and they both want an object. And when you give them the object, a rubber duck and a book, they tell you the location of where you're meant to go next. But the weird thing is that those two patients are all over the place and they all have the exact same voice lines. Yeah. I don't I don't know if you noticed that, James, but yeah. you'll run into those two patients all over the hospital in various locked rooms and they're all exactly the same as the other ones. I found that kind of funny, but it was <laughs> yeah. a bit bizarre. Like, in general, I thought the characters in this game were very bizarre, especially the main character, who I just cannot figure out, right? Like, I don't understand him at all. Like, he's sometimes he's, like, quippy. Sometimes he's this, like, you know, robotic character. Sometimes mm. he's following orders. Other times he's rebelling. Like, he just seems to do what he wants for the sake of the game yeah, yeah. it's completely the, random as you enter each new area he's like he comes up he, he starts speaking to you, like narrating he's like hong kong i never thought much of hong kong but i always liked that food you know he's kind of giving that sort of you know lone assassin sort of intro to these you know fancy environments that he's going to which is a very humanistic sort of way of talking about things and then like you said he's just a complete stiff robot at other times i think that the other thing is that at least in my game my my version of uh of 47 had no problem you know casually murdering civilians in order yeah. to <laughs> get to his final assassination so he's not really a super sympathetic character like he's got no love interest or anything he's literally killing people for money and you never get any you know he's a clone like he there's no exploration of his identity or him trying to break out from this narrow path that he's on he's an utterly uninteresting character I, he's yeah. one of the most boring characters i've had the displeasure to uh to work with i you know garrett in thief is so charismatic and sarcastic like that's a character agent 47 not at all but they didn't go the full way of making him a non-character like making mm. him super robotic yes uh, i just it feels like they didn't know what they wanted to do with him honestly because i think he as a character has a great potential for being interesting um and he just never is really um i don't think any of the characters are yeah he's not quite a self-insert like someone like corvo in dishonored you know who who has no voice lines but you get and you, you you can really become corvo or become emily when you're playing the dishonored games and i never got that feeling playing these games you know he's no adam jensen he's no jc denton just just a very disappointing character and he should be interesting like he's he's an assassin but you know Basically, I just did not give two single shits about the plot of this game um, the yeah. entire time I was playing it. Uh, it didn't hook me in. I, you know, honestly, the tutorial was the most intriguing part of the entire plot. Um, yeah. When the tutorial started and ended, I was like, oh, this is actually going to be pretty cool. And then it 
plummeted downhill after that mission. So it just it just gives you a year gap, and you're an assassin now. It's like, yes, we want you to kill this person. It's like yeah. just it's like, what is going on? I don't understand yeah. the link. I've, yeah. I've been unfair. The the very first level actually has really good intrigue, um, which you then quickly forget about uh, mm. as the rest of the game comes on. So yeah, uh, not not the best here. So James, are there any more? Um gameplay things you want to touch on well let's have let's have another music break uh you what 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 uh what song did you choose for our show so i was torn between playing the jungle music or the main theme of the game and eventually i decided that because nobody should be forced to experience the pain that was the jungle levels in this (laughs) game we'll give you we'll give you the main theme instead so here's the main theme for hitman codename 47 the main theme of uh, Codename 47 it was pretty good I liked it a lot um, you know it plays every time you're selecting the weapons and even though the have we said the uh, the selection of your loadout isn't particularly engaging I did enjoy uh, hearing the tune come in every single time between levels so Patrick was there anything that you wanted to talk about before we uh, jump into graphics yeah we'll uh, we'll touch on the uh, the controls in the field of view because yes I, I forgot to mention one of the fixes that we installed was a controls fix that basically rebinds the controls so that a human being can use them uh, <laughs> I haven't had the displeasure of using the original controls but apparently they're really bad. So this, there's a there's a fix that we'll link to as well that just you know gives you a basic WASD you know control scheme, but even with the fix, the controls for this game are still weird. So yeah. one of the things I'll go over a couple of things, but one of the things that really stood out to me when I first started was. I couldn't figure out how to sprint. How to sprint? Because (laughs) what I'd do is I'd hold down W to move forwards and then I'd hold down shift and my character would keep walking. And then I'd do it again. I'd look it up online. I'm like, why the fuck isn't this working? So in order to sprint in this game, you have to just hold down shift and your character will start sprinting forward. If you're holding down W when you start sprinting, it will refuse to sprint. Yeah, and the it just goes back to his walking speed. Yeah, and it's like, what is going on? You, you get so confused because holding down shift to sprint is such an essential thing, but I eventually figured it out. So um, 
there's the Steam sales on currently, and I got Titanfall two for like ten bucks online, and mm-hmm. then I was playing it, and every time I'd start playing that game after doing a bit of Hitman, I was trying to sprint by just holding shift <laughs> down, and not holding forward, and being like, uh, "Why the hell is my character not moving?" Oh yeah. <laughs> the um the other control quirk that stood out was I couldn't figure out how to zoom in the sniper rifle. The very first <laughs> mission, the the you know way the way you carry out the assassination with is with a sniper and i'm like pressing z on my keyboard i'm pressing v i'm trying to right click and nothing's happening so to zoom in your sniper rifle you press left click which for anyone who's ever played a video game is how you shoot your gun in any other game and in any other game that would shoot a bullet from your sniper rifle unscoped but in this game shooting pressing the shoot button zooms in your sniper rifle which then lets you shoot again to actually shoot the gun so that was five to ten minutes of my life oh is that what you're talking about you're not talking about the alternate zoom levels which you need to scroll the mouse wheel forward i I got those it's just the (laughs) act of literally because you know it's an assassination you can't just shoot off your sniper rifle (laughs) by mistake so i was looking (laughs) through the controls there's no binding for it because it's on ah so yeah this this game has a couple of yeah silly control quirks but as long as you install the fix it's basically functional um using i didn't like uh when there was multiple items in your vicinity that you could interact with at once so basically mm-hmm. the interact button on i don't know if this was the case with the just the fix we installed but like for us um, clicking middle mouse button was how to interact with objects and then like if there was like five items on the ground at once you had to right click to bring up a context menu and then scroll through it with the mouse wheel for example you know you'd scroll through knife gun and then clothes and then like left click to put the clothes on mm. it was really really clunky um also a, a thing that i noticed that was really annoying was um Often when you're holding a gun out in the open, you know, you'll alert guards because of course you will. And what mm. this kind of incentivizes is using the scroll wheel to select an item, um, but not pressing the button to select it, just having it like almost pre-selected until you need it at that exact moment. And, uh, like I was doing all sorts of weird janky shit with the controls. Like there's a sneak mode. Um, Does but, that even like, do anything? <laughs> Yeah, it, it makes thing it makes you sneakier. Um, so, for example, if you have a knife and you just walk behind somebody, they'll turn around and spot you. But if you're sneaking when you're behind them, they won't spin around. So what you do is you sprint up behind somebody, press control, for, like pre-align your selection cursor to the knife, then tap stealth, then tap execute, then like quickly scroll to holster weapon, press that untap stealth mode. Like you never stealth around, like you only ever tap it and then use it when you're executing things. You never use stealth mode for anything else. You don't use stealth mode for stealth, right? There's no real sneaking in this game. That's not that's not a thing in hitman you're not sneaking around you just use it for incredibly brief spurts to kill someone and then you're like well now i'm running around in my stolen clothes so i'm basically uh no one's gonna stop me doing anything yeah uh it's it's really jank uh not great i will say it was mostly functional but there are a lot of annoying quirks um i do want to finally touch on field of view because it's fucking atrocious like 
I don't know what the what it is, but you get this super zoomed in thing where you're it's not quite third person because you're so close to the back of Hitman's head that you can't see anything. It must be a field of your 40 or something. It's probably it's more bearable small. if you're playing like on a controller on a TV. But even then, I think that you'd find this field of view atrocious. And the only way to fix it is with cheat engines. So be aware that that's pretty blacky and it'll take a while to get used to. Honestly, I didn't notice it too much until oh, um, can't stand like it, halfway through the game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's pretty bad. I set my field of view to like 105 in like every single game that I can. I can't, can't yeah. stand <laughs> narrow field of views. It drives me bonkers. I need the, the wide vision. Can you clear something up for me? Was this a bug? Did you notice that whenever you dropped a gun, it didn't fall? Did that happen to you? Like What, it would hover in the air for you? Yeah. No, that was a bug. Right, because every single time I pressed P to drop my gun, yeah. it just stayed where his hand was forever. <laughs> every single time I dropped an item, they just yeah, like that's, that's it, it wasn't just my character either. There was this bit where there was this guy with this sniper rifle standing on top of a tower, and I thought if I shoot him, he'll drop his gun, and then I can pick it up. But mm. you shoot him, and then his body falls off the tower. And the gun is still, like, floating above the tower. So are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, that's that's just a bug. I, I could definitely drop, drop things to the ground. No right. Problem. That's weird. It happened to me every single time. Like, I never saw a gun have physics on it. I, I have no idea what that was. I do, um, they, they weren't... They didn't have physics. It's more that when you drop them, they would be lying on the ground. They weren't... <laughs> I I mean I know that sounds silly but this is 2000 they they had ragdoll physics but they didn't have The ragdoll physics are type. absurd like you'll be in an you'll be in an elevator and your tie is like flying up in the air because like you're going downwards and uh, that's not how gravity works guys did the you know that one of the reasons that they decided to make this into a stealth game was because they thought that the slower, more methodical gameplay would better show off the graphics, which were, you know, pretty intense for the time. You know, Ragdoll was you know, pretty you crazy see? back in 2000. Yeah, yeah. Oh How funny God. is that? <laughs> for those who haven't seen this game, it looks like dog shit. Like, and that's being generous to the dog shit. Like... One one of the th once again, this game compares unfavorably to Max Payne. Like we criticize Max Payne's blocky graphics, but I watched some videos of Max Payne again, and I'm like, oh my god, Max Payne's graphical style is so clean and aesthetically pleasant <laughs> because Hitman has these like ugly stretch textures all over the place. Like it's just every way you look at these stretch textures, the um the outside bits like the jungle. Like, there's just these giant leaves that, you know, stretching up these trees. It's just one giant stretch texture. The only positive thing I have to say about it, and this is the only thing, is that I think that in a macro architectural sense, I think a lot of the level design is sound. Like, there has been effort put into making these certain places feel like real places like the hotel yeah. and the temple where you assassinate um leasing have all these different compartments and there's kitchens and bathrooms and I, I i think that they fit together in a broad sense but aesthetically these places are ugly as sin oh it's so ugly and i would like to draw special attention to the sky boxes which 
are completely abysmal. Uh, later, when you're in the, the docks of Rotterdam, you can you, like you. It looks particularly bad when you're in a specifically outside area mm-hmm. where you'll look into the skyline and you'll see like this cityscape that is like, I don't know, like ten centimeters repeated over and over and over it's like there'll be like five buildings and then the same five buildings and then the same five buildings and it's extremely obvious that you're just in this big rectangular room with like a a night sky texture on it and then some really poor smoke effects for clouds it looks horrendous if you you know scrutinize it with any you know level of detail i think that the ragdoll is really jarring and inappropriate like it's actively bad when you're trying to drag bodies around um the lip syncing and the dialogue is atrocious as well and you know just the the general quality of the animations in the cutscenes is is abysmal like it's worse than freelancer right it's it's so much stiffer and once again we were extremely critical of that yeah yeah this is one of the ugliest games we've played on the show i think um i did not like the way this game looked there are weird things with the ragdolling with your character model as well um like the way you pick up objects there was one (laughs) hilarious moment where i was um some enemies i'd alerted enemies and they were pushing through the doorway and i was kind of halfway in the doorway and my character's hands because they were pushed by the doorway were kind of pushing up in the air so when i'd shoot my gun my gun like i'd be trying to shoot straight and my gun would be shooting straight up in the air because the door had pushed the model of my hands up and the same thing had happened to the enemy that was right next to me so we were standing next to one another shooting our guns in the air while we're trying to kill one (laughs) another absolutely terrible it's so bad yeah that's it. For, that's all I have. <laughs> that's, um, that's it. That's, that's it for <laughs> that's me. It. Just sad and press. Okay, well, I think um, we're ready to move on to final impressions. Uh, would you like to begin, James? Has, uh, has Hitman stood the test of time? Is it worth playing today? <laughs> has, has Hitman stood the test of time? Uh, um, Hitman has some really good ideas. I I really like that, you know, this kind of direction where you're going through these levels and you're solving, you're getting all the information and you're putting it together and you're solving a big puzzle. It's uh, unfortunate that these sections are like 10% of the game time overall and that, you know, the other 90% of the time is doing boring, repetitive tasks that you've done like 16 times prior. Uh, This game is hard. It's it's way too hard. There's no chance checkpointing and it just wastes your time so much uh this game looks like dog shit it sounds pretty good actually uh i was gonna criticize that then and realized i was wrong (laughs) but um yeah uh hitman has not stood the test of time in my opinion at all Uh, i think this is probably one of the one of the worst games that we've played so far and it's really kind of disappointing because there are times where it does show this you know potential of brilliance shining through the you know the muck as it were um but you know it it ultimately does not live up to that potential and for that i cannot recommend this game in fact it's a uh, stay far far away from me um hitman sucks this was not a fun game to play or experience 
I think of like the 13 good missions, sorry, 13 missions, there were like two good ones and there were maybe one or two that were okay. And then the rest were complete trash with lots of terrible moments. I don't think the story is good. I think the gameplay is frustrating. Most damning of all, I don't think there is a single thing about this game that is better than what is offered by modern titles or even old titles. I think Thief provides a far more dynamic stealth experience. I think Dishonored provides a better dynamic assassination experience. I think that the modern Hitman games, and I haven't played a lot of Hitman 2, but I've watched, um, you know, Let's Plays of people playing around with the systems, are really the realization of what, you know, this original game was trying to do in that it fuses, you know, dynamic gameplay with storied assassinations and you can pursue feels them as like much a tech as you demo, want. right it feels like less than a tech demo because it's not even fucking demonstrating anything except pain <laughs> the fact that when things go tits up it's unenjoyable means that the save structure which is the same as melga solid five is is an atrocity um like you james i'm very disappointed there are some good ideas here and i didn't hate every single moment i had with it but i did dislike most of the moments i had with it and i cannot in good conscience recommend it or say it stood the test of time um i will be interested as we move forward to eventually do more hitman games because i'm sure yeah, there's a there's a transition point where these games actually get really good and i'll enjoy them but this first one is not that game and uh yeah i'm very sad because of it i mean even um uh, something that hitman is supposed to do is have all these sort of like little hidden details that you can find and exploit like this game doesn't even do that as well as something like metal gear solid one on the play original playstation yeah I, i'm agreeing with you a lot this this time james it's making me feel uncomfortable but uh <laughs> it's making me uncomfortable I, I, I think <laughs> i think we have the broadly speaking the same consensus on this game after we played such a repetitive game last time i was sure that you wouldn't uh, inflict the same kind of misery on us again here but uh, alas that's not the case well um that that makes a good segue to our wrapping up firstly thank you so much to everyone for listening to our thoughts on hitman um we are the retrospectives podcast you can find all of our content on our website rspodcast.net we've also got a twitter and some other stuff it's all linked there most importantly we have a discord server a discord server yes. is where we have most of the interesting post discussions regarding this show and also discussions about many modern games and in fact i selected hitman on the recommendation of a friend who uh, wanted to see it played and then i made an impromptu uh call uh, which game we should play. So you can blame our Discord community for it, James, not myself. But we'd love um, we'd love for you to tell us what you think of Hitman or any other thoughts on any of our other, other episodes. So if you'd enjoyed it or you have anything to add, please drop by. There'll be a link to the Discord in the show notes and on our website. So with the show wrapped up, it's time for us to discuss what we'll be playing next fortnight since I selected Hitman. It's on James to select the game that we're playing next. What, what are we going to play, James? 
Well, I was actually approached by multiple different parties, uh, all asking me to play the same title. And that title is Earthworm Jim, a game that I actually played many, many times myself previously. Mm. Um, so I'm actually kind of keen to do it for the show and see, uh, you know, if I, uh, you know, because I've changed a lot since I played it last. I want to see if I've got a much more critical eye towards this game and, you know, a more nuanced sense. Have you ever played this game before, Pat? Funnily enough, I have, but I've never finished it. I played it when I was very little. I remember, so my memories are vague. I remember launching a cow at the beginning. <laughs> and I remember there was this thing where you're on a spaceship chasing someone and I could never beat that mission. So I gave up and never played it again. So hopefully um, hopefully my skills as a gamer have developed to the point where I can <laughs> overcome that challenge. But, you know, you never know. It I kind of hope another... that you haven't, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> it might be another F-Zero GX uh, situation where, where I'm too casual to beat it. <laughs> Well, I guess that's all for this time. We'll see you in a fortnight for Earthworm Jim. We'll see you then.